0: Good day, good day, everybody, welcome to episode 56 of the Teacher Emilio podcast and today I thought it would be a great follow-up to talk a bit about the listening section on the PTE test. If you listened to our previous episode you would remember that I mentioned that PTE listening would be an episode on its own and what a better way to connect or to keep let's say the process going than basically going with listening for IELTS and then listening for PTE. And I hope that by checking out this episode, you will also notice that at the end of the day, we still need to practice our skills, that while both are English tests, the some skills may be slightly different, but at the end of the day, we have to improve our skills. That's probably... I suppose I wouldn't say the whole episode in a summary, but there we go. And, and actually, it's funny because the f- first point I've got here for you has to do with summarizing. But before we do that, I thought it would be important to remind you that if you have not listened to the previous episode, you should check it out if you are an IELTS person. However, if you're not an IELTS person and you missed the previous episode, don't forget to check it out because you will get the full scope. Of both exams. Okay, and before we start, (laughs) the one last bit, quick, quick summary of the previous episode. Well, no, actually, go and check it out. Go and check it out, and then we'll talk about, we will focus on PTE for this one. Okay, here we go. The biggest differences. First, I thought it would be important to talk about the sub skills that are assessed, sorry, that are gonna be needed for us in PTE and that the differences in terms of what is going to be assessed and what we should be doing. So here we go. The first thing, as I just mentioned, would be note-taking, and it has to do with summary writing. Some tasks in the PTE listening section ask us to write summaries. And when you have to write a summary, you can take notes. This is quite an important thing. I have heard of cases where candidates get really nervous and they don't use the resources given. Remember that on the PTE test, you will be given some paper. It is usually laminated paper, but you can also ask for normal printed A4 paper. And then you can take some notes. Your notes could be using markers or you could use pen, pencil. That's not a problem. The point I'm trying to make is that sometimes candidates do not use those notes because, well, I mean, there may be many reasons, but let's say out of being nervous, that's probably the biggest one, right? That candidates do not use it. And well, you know, there is the odd case of someone being extra confident thinking, "Okay, I don't need notes. Why should I be using that teacher? And to that I would say, look, even if you feel extra confident When it comes to your listening skills, I would highly recommend to anybody to use that, let's say, opportunity to take notes just in case, because you never know. And, well, that's probably one thing. We are thinking of summary writing practice, note-taking skills, and with that, we can already see that writing is included in the, let's say, in the skills that we are assessed on listening, teacher why is that look I will leave that for another episode but I guess the short answer has to do with the test format being different and well Pearson the ones that designed the test using a different format so again and now that we're talking about writing being used or being let's say into the listening section I would also include that it is useful. This is not a must. This is not something that you need to get a good score. But I suppose writing quickly, or I would say typing quickly, would definitely, definitely be of great use to any candidate. So just keep that in mind. So whenever you have a chance, try and practice a bit your typing skills. I'm going to add a page that you can use to just practice random, well, not random, sorry, let me take that back where you can practice both your spelling and you can practice your typing skills. And it's very similar to what we use to check how quickly our internet is going. I think if you put typingtest.com or if you just type typing test on basically any, let's say, browser like Google, Yahoo, etc., you should come up with one of those typing tests where you have to type as many words as you can in a minute. And there is a range. Look, This is an extra thing. This is on top of all the things you do for PTE. Do not think that, oh, you need to have a good typing speed to pass PTE. That's not what I'm trying to say. But when you do those practice, sorry, those, let's say, tests, let's call them that, or those typing skills, when you practice your typing speed that way, you're doing a few things. One is that you're testing your spelling in English, of course don't do it in Spanish or your mother tongue and two is that well you are let's say practicing with that muscle memory between the keyboard your fingers and of course the mind extremely helpful maybe if you work already sending emails or perhaps you at work you have to type this may not be such a big thing for you But if you work in the hospitality industry, if you work cleaning, or perhaps you're looking for work and you're not studying, sorry, you're not studying, you're not working, maybe you're a student, but in your field of knowledge, you don't get the chance to type much. I think this could be a good way to, let's say, get into the warm-up zone when it comes to typing. I think this is going to be extremely useful, and as you know, with technology you know, improving as it does, it will be something good to have up your sleeve. And well, with that said, now that we talked about, let's say, writing being into listening, it is also good to just practice the general principles of writing, which include the content, the... Uh, let's say, hmm, let's say the linking between the words and ideas, grammar, and of course sp- vocabulary. Well, I was gonna say vocabulary, spelling. Those two go together. The, when you have a good mix of those four, usually your writing tasks will be, let's say, with higher chances of getting a good score. And what I'm trying to say with all of this is, do practice your writing skills. Don't just go into the PT listening section without practicing writing, because again, these two tasks are linked, and there are other parts where you'll need it when you have to do write from dictation, for example. So it's not only for the summary task, it is also for write from dictation, which, by the way, is one that students tend to hate, so let me start with that one, (laughs) to make things interesting for you. And I would say that it is, as I just told you now, it is a mix of listening and writing, and it would be good to get overall practice with both skills. It is a bit of memory practice as well. So I know some of you yelling out of there, teacher, that's not testing my English. And a part of me, let's say my student side is like, yes, I feel you, bro or sis. However, my teacher side also thinks, well, I, I also feel you, but remember that when you're listening, even if you have to memorize something, you still have to then type. So we could argue or someone could argue and say that this is also testing not only your memory, of course it's important, but it's testing, let's say, your vocabulary skills and your spelling skills because you could understand everything, but maybe you don't know how to write the word. And obviously I would argue that in any language that could be a problem, right? So if you have to send an email... And you are told, hey, can you please, let's do a quick example. Let's imagine that, you know, my boss tells me, hey, Emilio, please send an email to this person and say, I don't know, that the communication systems have a problem, right? Maybe I can paraphrase that, but if I misspell the word communications or the word systems or maybe the word problem, that wouldn't look nice, wouldn't it? So I suppose that... That's one of the reasons why they've got this task in here. So a lot of active listening. And, and I suppose that you could use little things like whenever you are. If you've got access to PT specific activities, that's fantastic. Or you could simply practice with the short listening tasks maybe some that may have subtitles, or you could listen to it, type it, and then double-check with the subtitle. This is really useful with, for example, some TED Talks, because you have the transcript, so you could listen to something, pause, stop, repeat, and then type it and compare. That's really useful. You could also use it with Netflix or apps or add-ons like Language Learning with Netflix. And, well, obviously, you could even use it with Patreon, which is my page where I upload activities. And it's a mix of activities to practice your English. It is not 100% just PTE or 100% just IELTS. It is a bit of everything where students can practice the skills and you have different options. You've got options where you practice your reading, your listening, your writing, and your speaking. You go basically with all the skills, as well as your grammar and your vocab. Or you could just pick all of the skills except speaking and writing, but well, look, that's in the show notes, so I'll let you check it out. By the way, if you're a Patreon, massive, massive thank you for your support, and if you know anyone thinking about passing these exams, or maybe if you want to take a test, feel free to contact me via social media, via email, all that info is in the show notes, and well, again, that's what I would recommend when it comes to writing, right from dictation practice. Now, We already talked about summaries, so summary practice would be a bit of writing. When it comes to the other different areas, we need to also think about the one where we have multiple choice. That's the traditional multiple choice questions, and you have a multiple choice, a single answer. I think that is not a problem. However, I have seen cases where students don't pick more than one option for multiple choice, multiple answers. And as the question says... Multiple choice, multiple answers. So multiple, I know you know what it means. I have to remind you because who knows? Maybe people get nervous. I know you may not get nervous. I hope you don't when you take the test, if you ever take PT. But remember, if it says multiple answers, it means that there is more than one. So do pick at least two. Now, you may be on the exam and you are 100% sure of one answer, but you don't know the other one. My tip would be try to remember from the listening, using a bit of memory here, what would be the second most appropriate answer. Sometimes you could have two or three options. It is rare to have four multiple choice, multiple answers. But I mean, who knows? Maybe if you've got seven options, you could have four. But most of the time, it is two or three. And then basically go with the second best choice In PTE, you don't lose points per se if you have a wrong answer. So if, for example, you've got a multiple choice, multiple answers question where you've got only two options, correct? Let's say that you pick one correct and one is wrong. That's not the end of the world. You're just going to get one point. And obviously, one is better than none. So just keep that in mind. And if you're not sure, look, have a guess. (laughs) I'm not an advocate for guessing. But look, if you do it once or twice in the whole exam, that's no biggie. It's not going to be the end of the world, as I just said, and you could still get your overall desired score. Now, with other parts of the PTE listening section, we we, we already mentioned right from dictation, but we also need to be careful with our spelling because uh, something that I thought it is important to mention is that we get lots and lots of spelling problems. And this happens for many reasons. Again, if your mother tongue, well, probably if you're listening to this podcast, there there is a lower chance that you are a native English speaker. And if you are and you have to take the PTE test, that would be rare. But what I'm trying to say is that for most of us that had to learn English, we need to be very careful because English has subtle differences. Like, when do we put double M? When do we put double S? When do we put double P? When do I I type, I don't know, the TH or CH or SH? And all these little things. And by the way, if you want to practice that and much more, don't forget to check out my Patreon. The link is in the show notes. That's all I'm going to say. And we, we need to pay attention to all those subtle differences because, unfortunately, by making those tiny mistakes, that could be costing you points, points that obviously will add up to the score, to the overall score, and we want to have a high... Sorry, or we want your score to be as high as possible. So do keep that in mind. And the other thing that I thought would be important to mention is when we look at the sections like the ones where we need to pick from different summaries, that one, it is very interesting because we have reading there. So it's not just listening. So now we have listening and reading. We need to be extra careful because sometimes people just focus on one of the tips I said in the previous episode. I'm giving you a bit of a spoiler here. People just focus on keywords and I'm afraid to tell you that keywords are not enough because what could happen is that you may see the same keywords in three summaries out of four or in three summaries out of three. My point is you may see the same words all over the place and then what are you going to do you're going to cry your mind is going to go blank you're going to panic and then boom you will message me saying teacher oh my god no and i don't want to get that message so what should we do <laughs> if you are on that section where you have all the summaries you need to have a you need to pay sorry close attention to context context and content are going to be your best friends in that section Obviously, you need reading practice because the words, let's say, that you're going to get are not going to be easy. And it's not that it's going to be impossible. It's not going to be, let's say, a super deep academic text. But what could happen is, again, that you have some words that may not be as natural. So be careful when it comes to that. You would need, obviously, lots of reading practice. And actually, talking about reading (laughs) an important thing that I didn't mention before is that if you do join my Patreon, you will get a copy of my book. There you go. Reading practice in English. So you get the full bundle. But anyways, back into the, the tip. So you could be basically not only getting lots of reading practice so that you can prepare for that section, but you also need to pay close attention to the context Context is going to be king, and it is what is going to help you there, because with context you will be able to know. Oh, this is this answer should be, or this shouldn't be the answer, because it is saying something that is going completely against. And and I would say it it, it it's similar to what happens in IELTS when we've got the true false not given scenario. But to put it in simple words, you need to basically with context. Just go ahead and ask yourself, which summary is perhaps the most accurate, the closest to what was said on the audio? And again, you need to go by the audio. Don't go by what you know. Sometimes there may be questions where you know the answer or you may know what it is. But for most cases, you always go... In every case, you always go by, by by what the audio says. So do keep that in mind. And the next thing I would say is when it comes to the missing word section. And in this one, context is king. I know that some people argue there are some rumors on the internet that you don't need to listen to everything. And while I suppose that part of it is true, the biggest thing you have to pay attention is the the missing word or sorry, the context, because with context, you will know which one of the options you can pick. Sometimes you could pick more than one option and that's OK, but you do need to be extra, extra careful because with context, again, you will know what to put and you don't want to be in a situation where you just pick something randomly. And as I said earlier, it may not be the end of the world, but you want to be also as confident and as certain of your answers as possible. So to practice that, there is no other thing that will help you more than obviously practice and paying close attention to context. Because imagine if the audio says, I am really sorry, I was late because there was such a poop," and then with the different options, you need to think of the option that is going to be the closest to being late, or the closest to an apology. Because if you've got something that may not fit by context, sorry, you may have something that is correct, but it may not fit the context. So do pay close attention to that. And these are just some, or let's say, I would I would go as far as saying that these are probably the main differences between PT and IELTS. I know we've covered a few things, but if I need to give you a short summary before we go, I would say pay close attention to your reading skills because, again, reading and also writing are going to be included in your PTE listening section. Don't forget to, of course, get practice, get familiar with the activities that you will have in the PTE listening section, but also pay close attention as well to your spelling because you will be assessed in your spelling You need to be careful with your memory. You need to get lots of writing practice so that you have good summarizing practice, good note-taking skills so that you write quickly. And there are two little things I just noticed before I wrap up this episode for you that are important to know. The first one is that with summaries, look, the, the other thing is that you need to be concise because this summary is not too long. Is between 50 to 70 words. The audio files are usually somewhere between a minute and a half to two and a half minutes, sometimes a little bit less, usually no more than two and a half minutes. So when it comes to summaries, you could even use, well, I mentioned that in my first podcast episode. If you haven't listened to it, this is a good reminder to go and check it out because you could use that not only for this podcast, not only for this exam, you could use it to also learn any language. I'm giving you here a golden nugget. And what I would also say is that you could just listen to something and then write down a summary. And you can rinse and repeat that process until you get really comfortable. But to do that, it would also help if you take notes, because remember, you are allowed to take notes on this section on PTE. Sorry, on that question on the listening section. And the other thing is that you don't need to focus on everything. You are not a robot. That's what I tell students in class, outside of class, sorry, outside of class, inside of class. We, as for example, or I as the teacher, I don't expect you to remember or to know every single thing. You're not a robot. You're not supposed to type the whole thing. And while I don't work for Pearson or at Pearson, while I'm not the software that marks PT, I can tell you from experience that there is a very very low chance that you are expected to write everything rather than writing everything as some people do focus on the main points because the main points are basically the core the meat of the whole let's say task that you get on the listening as long as you understand the main ideas and you can paraphrase and you can write them in such a way your summary should be okay. But of course, as we say, the summary should have other things. But I'm just talking mainly content-wise. If you've got your main ideas, you are on the right track. Another extra tip, a quick bonus. And this will be probably the second nugget of the episode. The second bonus is that if the speaker or the lecturer or the person in the audio, or maybe you've got a conversation, if at the end or towards the end there is a conclusion or sort of a conclusion on whatever topic you may receive, it would be good if you mentioned that in your summary as well. And as a quick tip, it would also be a good way to wrap up your summary. So you are basically doing two birds in one stone. You are including the idea, plus you are closing, you're wrapping up your summary. So I'm sure that will help you out. And before we go, I have to say, as always, big thank you for joining. Big thank you for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you are an IELTS candidate and you're thinking of PTE, I hope that this episode helped you. And you should know by now that at the end of the day, both exams are different, yet similar. You're going to get differences and similarities. At the end of the day, it is important to be prepared. It is important to practice. And, well, with that said, I wish you all the best in your preparation. Remember that if you've got any topics that you would like me to cover, you can get in touch. Or, of course, you can also get in touch if you have questions about Patreon, my book, whatever it may be. I'm more than happy to help. And for my listeners that are not thinking of doing IELTS and PT, I have to say extra thank you. Don't worry. Remember that if you know anyone that may be interested, do tell them about the podcast because, well, that helps the show to to stay on track, to to continue. And, and thank you, because I know that life gets really busy and I was part of your day and you were part of mine, too. So thank you for taking time to join me in the podcast. I hope that you found value, that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Maybe you were on your commute. Maybe you were cleaning at home, you were cooking something, you were, who knows, you went for a walk and I was part of your day. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. I am humbled by that. I'll see you in the next episode. And for now, I'll say take care. Miss me. I'll miss you. And we'll catch up on the next episode. Take care and bye for now. Boom.